0: Hello and a very warm welcome to this edition of the Africa Legal Podcast. I am truly thrilled to be joined today by Christo Ells, Senior Partner of leading South African law firm Weber Wenzel. Now, Christo specializes in mergers and acquisitions, corporate finance, equity capital markets, securities regulation law, amongst other matters. He's advised on a large number of transformational and cross-border transactions in sub-Saharan Africa. He has been named by Legal 500 across 2014 to 2020 as a leading individual and included in their Hall of Fame in 2018. Christo, an absolute pleasure to have you here today.
1: Hi, Tom. It's really a pleasure speaking to you today.
0: Let's dive right in, shall we? So, Christo Weber Wenzel are well established as a leading South African firm. But give us a snapshot of the firm's previous experience across the continent, and what firm-wide initiatives and programs this has led to the establishment of.
1: Yeah, thanks, Tom. So, Weber was established in South Africa about now, 152 years old. You're quite right; it's a very established South African firm, but done work on the rest of the continent, probably for the last 50 years. And, you know, we've been in a privileged position to advise large South African corporates and internationals, you know, as they expand into the continent, you know, for example, initially, you know, some of the mining companies, some of the work they've done in Anglo-America, the Beers, both on the investment side and the divestment side, we've advised on and the growth of the telephony market advising MTN as they've breached out uh, across the continent and established themselves there. Many of the um, media companies such as Naspas, Multichoice, uh, and others. And then, of course, acting for a number of South African banks and insurance companies uh, as they've established themselves across the continent. I've, I've been privileged to be involved in a number of acquisitions which had an, uh, a cross-continental spread you know i can think of for example the walmart acquisition of massmart it's a retail group in south africa they had operations in 13 african countries that we managed uh, in relation to that takeover as you mentioned earlier the ab Inbev acquisition of sab miller with wenzel acted on all the uh, african aspects of that acquisition um, recently we acted for mutual plc you may recall they were listed in uh, primarily listed in london and then moved their listing back to south africa uh, that involved not only a listing in Johannesburg, but also listings in Namibia, in Malawi and in Zimbabwe. Uh, and the firm managed all of that. That's in addition to all the other work that we do for clients, such as the P, in the PE space, particularly both upstream and downstream. Very active in recent years in setting up uh, Africa investment funds for PE groups. And then, of course, downstream work uh, as they acquire and, uh, and sell down investments across the continent Um, Also, international arbitration, managing a number of international arbitrations across the continent, Uh, project finance work uh, in various countries. A very active African practice uh, that we run, even though our main two offices are in South Africa.
0: I moving beyond the, the retrospective, I know that both you and the wider firm are a key proponent of Africa being very much open for business, despite the strange times we find ourselves in. So what does this mean to the firm, Africa open for business? And what client insight are you seeing to support this notion?
1: Yeah, thanks, Tom. I think it's really important in relation to any strategy that you follow your clients. That's obviously the the reason for for being. And and in doing so to see africa not just as a as a destination that uh, is full of risk but uh, but really full of opportunity people forget that innovation in africa is something that is driving a lot of growth on the continent at the moment if you think for example in the telephony space you know it's it's often reported that africa was a mobile telephony first continent and and what people mean with that is in most other jurisdictions around the world, people had terrestrial lines, of course, uh, and then mobile technology came in that replaced that. For many countries across the continent, they almost went straight to, to the mobile market. And that enabled them to have incredibly fast growth in the earlier years of mobile telephony. And, and And we also see that in mobile payments at the moment. There are countries in East Africa that are... The forefront of mobile payments across the world, and I think that's a really exciting part to be uh, or, or place to be part of. And, and we really focus then as a firm in supporting those types of startups, which you know ultimately grow into multinational companies uh, in some instances. So I think that's a, an important thing to uh, to remember about Africa. There's a real need almost for greater innovation, and uh, the the advisory firms, the law firms, the banks, etc. Are all built in uh, in supporting those uh, those initiatives. Um, there's a, there's a big driver across the continent uh, through this COVID crisis a realization that Africa needs to become more self reliant. And perhaps if we have time later uh, to also speak about that a little bit more. But you know, as we saw uh, through the pandemic, countries becoming more and more nationalistic in Africa that that created a realization that you know we should be able to produce uh, and manufacture, et cetera, things on our own uh, and not be reliant on others and other regions in the world when something like this pandemic strikes. And I think that is going to lead to a lot of interest uh, and investment in uh, in the manufacturing space across the continent. So we're definitely seeing that. From a law firm perspective, we're also seeing African jurisdiction becoming centers of uh, arbitration. You know, we see that in South Africa, but we also see that in a country like Mauritius positioning themselves as offering uh, arbitration, so that disputes across the continent can be resolved in uh, in Africa itself. You know, historically, it's always gone to either London or Paris or, or elsewhere. That is now growing uh, on the continent itself, and um, you know that results in um, a lot more interest in and in the ability to you know to act on your own as opposed to be reliant on on others. So, you know, all of those things I think are moving towards a greater. Realization of openness for business as, uh, as the continent matures in, in this space.
0: What you've said very much aligns with my thinking of, no, openness doesn't just mean out of Africa in. It means intra-African. Yep. You know, the self-reliance, the amazing things that are happening on the continent on a, on a, on a, on a small level and on a grand level. This is the continent that has been putting up with post-colonial legacies. It's been putting up with droughts, with famines, with, with environmental impacts. And every time I talk to young, innovative Africans, it's always them saying, no, we'll just get it done. We'll just find a way, you know, the nimbleness, the entrepreneurial spirit, the, the, the willingness just to get it done is absolutely fantastic. And you're combining that attitude across 54 different jurisdictions, each with their own challenges, but opportunities, and there's no wonder that the continent is starting to realise that self-sufficiency, self sufficiency, uh, self uh, fulfilment is is on the cards and being realised. So I, I I can agree more. And just as a follow up, specifically with regard to the to the firm encouraging and enhancing this self. Uh, sufficiency and and growth and development especially in this current post covid environment can you share with us any insights into any initiatives that you are undertaking as a firm to support you know these notions of of um self sufficiency and and growth and development and innovation
1: yeah thanks we we as a firm are, are really big in, in supporting startups so we have rolled out various initiatives in south africa and are also now partnering Uh, With firms potentially in Nigeria, which we hope to roll out uh, in the next year, to support young entrepreneurs, for example, in starting businesses and and making sure their foundational work is in order from a legal point of view. And I think that and a lot of that is done on a pro bono basis as well, just really supporting the initiatives that are are ongoing. As you say, it's it's a it's a young continent. It's a continent that is very hungry for new ideas, new innovations, etc. And and to the Extent that we can assist in driving that innovation and creating the correct legal framework for it, you know that is something that we are striving to do. Another interesting thing is is how we collaborate with others. You've you've mentioned in uh, in your previous remarks, you know, people see the continent sometimes as one, but ultimately it's 54 different jurisdictions, everyone having different challenges. So, you know, it's not it's not a place where if you do business in in one particular country, it necessarily means that. You on your own can uh, support clients uh, in others, unless you work and collaborate with others. So, the way we Winsl we, has done that in the in, in the past, and and that is part of our strategy, is to, you know, firstly work with Linklaters. You know, we're in an alliance with Linklaters, so to the extent that that type of support is required, but we also work with a network of of African law firms and. In, in a number of countries, we've entered into bilateral agreements to make sure that our clients receive the best possible uh, advice in country. You know, we've got very formal alliances uh, with firms like Aluko and Oyobodi in, in Nigeria, the in Ethiopia, English Strita in Namibia, just to to mention a few. And I think that's really important when you when you service your clients. It, it's important to. To be able to um, have on the ground support wherever they do business, and the collaboration and the manner in which we can do that together, I think also drives uh, and, and assists different firms across the continent to you know to also be innovative themselves and provide the best possible service in collaboration with firms such as ours uh, to our clients.
0: No, I'm I'm absolutely in agreement. I'm a big believer in in collaboration and you know recognizing that. Uh, supplemental skill sets and expertise in different jurisdictions is just there to enhance your overall offering rather than compete or or clash with it. Now, moving on, much is being made of the potential of the Africa continental free trade area to turbocharge Africa being open for business, particularly for intra-African trade. Now, both Africa Legal and Weber Wenzel are firmly committed to this line of thinking to the extent that we are partnering to produce must-have content, information, perspectives, all delivered via a digital content series. So tell us a little bit more about the overall aims and ambitions of our content series and what our audiences can expect uh, from this series and how they can benefit.
1: Yeah, thanks, Tom. That's a, a great intro into into that. I think the uh, the change that is coming in future, you know, in future years through the African Free Trade Agreement is really going to change perceptions of business within the continent. And you know, as a firm, uh, we're really excited about it. This will create, you know, when adopted by by all countries across the continent, mm-hmm. will create the largest free trade zone in the world, and that is really, really exciting. And you know, as a firm, we um, you know we've been lucky that you know when sanctions against south africa ended in 1994 with the democratic elections it was really at the cusp of the negotiations that changed the uh, the gat uh, system to the world trade organization so you know we were we were there at uh, at the right time and that enabled us to to have real experts in international trade and through that you know, work ultimately on a Goa, the African Growth and Opportunity Act, uh, uh, assisting governments and private companies, of course, in in taking advantage of and, and becoming compliant with that act and supplying, for example, goods uh, in, in that instance across uh, uh, into the U.S., etc. And I think this agreement will not only be good for trade, but also assist in you know services, e-commerce, IP, the. Um, disputes across the continent that I spoke to earlier, enforcement of that, trade, finance, etc. So there's there's a whole host of things across the continent that, that I think is really ripe for assistance through this, this African free trade. And, and it's really fantastic that we are able to partner with Africa Legal uh, in launching this kind of podcast series to talk about some of these initiatives and the um, kind of the roles they will play. So you know, throughout the series that is is coming, you know, we'll provide some insights on the roles of key players. For example, the development finance institutions and what role each of them are playing, and, and what's important uh, for clients uh, to understand. We'll talk a little bit about the the act itself, the framework of it, what are the key ambitions, how it will work. Uh, we can explore some investment protection uh, dispute resolution proposed mechanics that is set out in the agreement, and you know, not only from uh, you know, the current perspective, but also trying to find uh, experts in different regions uh, and, and giving clients a bit of a regional perspective. Uh, and, and also our alliance firms will make part of this as well to give insights into, you know, what the perception of, of the uh, agreement will be in East Africa, in West Africa, etc. So it's a really, really exciting uh, initiative that we are doing together. So cannot wait for that. And that should be launched in, uh, in the coming weeks.
0: Well, I tell you, you know, we've been busily working away in the background, producing content, filtering things out, and it's already been, I'm going to say fun. I know that that word doesn't get to be used a lot when it comes to content series, but this this is transformational stuff that's happening. And what I love about this content series is, you know, we, we were in total agreement at this inception. We said, okay, this isn't for trade nerds. You know, this is a <laughs> Yeah. business, insightful, innovative, exciting stuff. And we want all the content we produce to be that. You know, it it's there to make us think and to tease ideas and to expand upon context rather than anyone that goes, right, now we're on page one of 2000 <laughs> of our <laughs> highly technical analysis of every word of text. You know, we're going to link to things that allow our listeners and readers to do that. But rest assured that this is all about those hard business outcomes. Because, as every single point we've made in this podcast alludes to, as legal advisors, whether we're in house or in a law firm, this is about giving advice that facilitates business, not giving legal advice in isolation. So, already having a lot of fun pulling things together. We are having that first podcast episode, and it is a series of four podcasts that we're actually kind of building this content series around. But in addition to those podcasts, our readers and listeners can expect infographics, interviews, Q&A sessions, op-eds, you know, a real diversity of formats to suit anyone. You know, whether you're a listener, a reader, a researcher, we really hope we've got something for you. And we're going to keep those lines of communications open at all times through some online surveys because we want your feedback. Tell us what you like, tell us what you don't like, dive in and have this conversation. This is very much what we're we're all about with this with this content series together.
1: Yeah, I think one of the real okay. advantages of, of doing this now is because it's done really early in in the in the rollout of of the um, of the trade practice and, and, and so on across the continent. It, it really helps us together in a way shape the conversation around it. Uh, And that's why I think it is so important for listeners to, you know, also give their views as to what they would like us to talk more about, you know, give more information about, et cetera, because the whole continent is really at the infancy of discussing these issues and making sure that policy across governments uh, on the continent are shaped by those conversations. And I think that's a really exciting place to be. Yeah,
0: exactly. We want people to bang the drum on this and we want to provide a, a really big drum <laughs> to be quite blunt about it. You know, we we would love if this was allowing us to actually formulate ideas on things that can be, you know, turned into policy, whether it's individual business policies, whether it's, um, you know, the kind of products and services that Webbers can produce on the back of it, or any one of your network firms across Africa. Or, you know, if we're dreaming big, let's see whether this could be, you know, influencing on a governmental or a supranational level. Um the only way that we're going to do that is having consensus and ideas uh, delivered to us. And that's exactly what we hope this, this series leads to. Absolutely. So, I mean, look, there, there is so much for your clients and our audiences to look forward to in the coming months. But let, let's turn to your personal perspectives for some closing words. We've delved into what the firm's pan-African capabilities and experiences mean as to client benefit. But what personal development and positives do you draw from being involved in and exposed to such a wonderfully diverse range of clients, jurisdictions, and opportunities across the continent? I mean, in a nutshell, what does it mean to Christo Els to be a modern African lawyer? I think, you know,
1: Africa is in my blood. And for me, that means, you know, a true love for this continent and a a real desire to try and help to contribute to its success. And as a lawyer, and in particular in the position that I am, you know, it's trying to continually create and increase the connectedness uh, across businesses, across people, and and others across the whole continent and, and really assisting and selling that potential that Africa really has. To uh, to the rest of the world that are perhaps not you know as alive to those possibilities as we that live here are. So uh, it it really is a privilege to be in that position and you know to be to be able to connect with people uh, from such a diverse uh, continent. Even though we're all African, uh, it really is diverse, and and that's that for me is a is a real pleasure and a privilege. And you know every day that I practice in in this jurisdiction, I'm reminded of that. Um, you know, for others it may seem like you know a lot of challenges, and 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 of course they are. But uh, it really is also opportunity when you see it and and you find ways to grasp it.
0: And I think you've hit the nail on the head. You know, it's it, it's about being a facilitator. For overcoming challenges and realizing potential. And I've alluded to it earlier in this podcast, but lawyers and law firms really are uniquely placed to do that. And it's been great to talk with you today and hear some practical evidenced examples of how that works and how that can really lead to positive change. So Christo, that does bring us to time. I am very sad to say, but, um, you know, I want to thank you once again for, for joining us today.
1: Thank you for the opportunity, Tom. uh, It was my pleasure.
0: And as always, a very big thank you to all of our listeners. Now, if you are new to the Africa Legal podcast, please do peruse our back catalogue of now 33 episodes, which is available on your preferred podcast provider, this being Spotify, Apple Podcasts or SoundCloud, all of which are linked in each episode description. And also, don't forget to visit us at africalegal.com for all the news, views, and insights that improve your life as a modern African legal professional. So without further ado, I will sign off. I have been Tom Pearson, and this has been the Africa Legal Podcast.